My name is Mike, 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 Dark, 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 Dark. And I am Richard Wag, Wag, Wagner. We're back. This is a gentleman that's joining us today that uh, we've been with him since he actually started at KFI uh, a few years ago, and he was doing weekends forever, and and then a change came. Welcome to the show one more time, Mo Kelly. How are you, Mo? I'm doing well. It's good to see both you and Richard. It's an honor. It's a, and it's a privilege, and I... Don't say this lightly. You gentlemen have been fair to me. You have been supportive of me since the very beginning, and I don't take that for granted. So not only do I love and appreciate you, I respect the work that you do, and thank you for having me on. Well, we love what you we, we love what you do as well, and uh, you know where you're going is something that Richard and I talk about ad nauseum on the program, whether you're here or not. <laughs> so. So this is this is just a great great announcement. Now before we start, uh, let's talk about how you uh, uh, teased your audience a little bit. Now you were doing weekends, you're doing uh, you're doing uh, Saturdays and Sundays, and so uh, a couple weeks ago you announced that's over. So tell us what happened and how that went down. It was one of the things where. Um, I knew that a change was going to come if I could use some Sam Cooke in there for a moment. I knew that something was going to change, but I didn't necessarily know as the weeks and months leading up to right about now how that change was going to play out. I didn't necessarily know if I was going to do something else on KFI or just within iHeart. So there was a, a sincerity in the in the respect that the Mo Kelly show was coming to an end. I knew sure. that for a fact. How that was going to play out after that, well, there were some machinations going on behind the scenes in the background that I can't necessarily talk about. But right. leading up to the, the announcement, I was letting listeners know that the Mo Kelly show was coming to an end. I was coy in the sense of not telling them that I was staying at KFI, but I did want to let people know that, hey, there was going to be a big change and I was going to be doing different things. And the change was not only about KFI. Um, you will see me more on TV. There's some TV um, uh, projects that I'm working on. You will hear me more as I do things more for iHeartRadio in general. So it wasn't just about what I was going to do at KFI. It was letting listeners and people who may support me more specifically know that it's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. It's going to be more vast and varied in nature. So, uh, yeah, if you were just listening on KFI, you may have heard only one aspect of it. But if you were following me in my social media, I was letting people know, hey, I'm going to be more intentional with my TV. I was going to be more intentional and going back to my roots in terms of writing because I started off started off as a columnist. So I want to get back in that. And I want to more um, intentionally partition the things I do. I want to do my entertainment over here and I want to do my politics over there. And then I have just a, a just a, a a wider play field, if you will. And that's how it just came together. Yeah, I, 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 in hindsight, knowing what's happened, it was pretty funny reading the comments on your Facebook page because the entire world thought you were just leaving and you had people that were really mad and things like that. And then kind of knowing what's going on now, it's it's humorous to me. It's it, it was genius, Mo. <laughs> yeah. And the and, and the other thing is, is I loved how you played the, you know, I haven't had weekends off for so long. And, you know, it's 
Yeah, I, I need some weekends off, so that's part of the reason. Yeah, it, it was. It might have been somewhat disingenuous, but the reasoning was all factual as right. far as moving to this point. I got tired of missing weddings. I got tired of not being able to go to relatives' recitals. I got tired of not having an opportunity to just schedule a normal life, whereas it might have been fine to be able to run my errands during the week when my schedule was a little mess, less regiment, regimented. I got to miss out on a lot of important events along the way. And Did so, you, right, yeah, that was true. Did you hear Tim Conway last night going the opposite way? He says, now I, I can't get out of all those dinners that people invite me to by saying, ah, I can't make it. <laughs> well, you know, there, there's a trade-off in every way. And and some people must, may say, hey, don't you want to have your evenings off during the week? And me, uh, it's not as important. You know, I've lived on the other end of the spectrum for so long. I want to see what this portion of well, life is like. Tell, tell us about the show because that's, to me, really exciting because uh, the way you described it is kind of like a, a Tonight Show on the radio, something like that. That's, to, to Mike and I, that's what's been missing from talk radio for a long time. So we're really excited about it. Tell us, tell us about your plans. You both are students and also professionals of this medium, so you understand what it's been, at least in my humble opinion, what it's been missing for the better part of 20, 30 years. And that's laughter, that's joy, that's fun. Yep. And I think that there was a, a, an opportunity, there definitely was a space to create a property, a show, which catered to the best of us. Um, I would like to think that I'm a decent interviewer, and I would like to think that I know a few people in entertainment. I've worked in entertainment beyond radio for my whole professional career, and it gave me an opportunity and also the inspiration to create something, at least in my mind, that did not exist presently on radio. I'm a person who grew up on Johnny Carson. I watched David Letterman every night when I was in college studying late night, and I think we in America more generally forgot how funny and fun late night could be. And yep. since radio is the theater of the mind, it, I, I, there were th these opportunities that other radio professionals, respectfully, were not pursuing. So let me carve my niche in and, and carve out a place for me right in this space doing this that personally I don't think anyone else is doing right now. Did you have to sell the show yourself or did uh, Robin kind of encourage you to do it? Because your show has always been more variety oriented than any one particular topic. You've always expanded into other venues or areas or whatever you want to call it. So did, did she kind of spark the idea or did you sell yourself on it? Um, yes and yes. She didn't sell me on the idea, but she did want to respectfully push me to a more playful place. Okay. And in doing that, I said, well, I got the a perfect idea for you. So yes, I absolutely pitched her on this idea. And when I say late night television on the radio is what they call one of those high concept ideas. You get it immediately. Now you may not know how it's going to exactly play out from night to night, but you have an idea of what it should sound like, what it should encompass, uh, the people that it should reach, the types of conversations that you might have. And whereas the Mo Kelly show, what it was, was it was overtly political and issues oriented and also we had entertainment guests and also we had uh, guests from from Hollywood and so forth but it was a different sounding program is what you're going to hear tonight and beyond is going to be very different from anything I've ever done but it's something I've been long thinking about and processing and creating in my head is there going to be is there going to be politics at all on the show I don't I, let me put it like this where it makes sense 
if there's an opportunity, like I may be talking to a guest and that guest wants to talk about politics. There you go. I may be talking to a comedian and a comedian goes overtly political as comedians often do. There you go. But for example, like on the Mo Kelly show, I may start off with a monologue talking about one particular issue that is maybe the biggest issue of the week. And it may be serious in nature. It's not going to be that. I'm not doing that anymore. But now, if there's a if there's a news story that's driven by politics, obviously you're not going to ignore it, right? No, I'm not going to ignore it, but I want to make sure it makes sense within the context of the show. Like, for example, everyone is talking about on Elon Elon Musk and what he's trying to do politically, whether he has aspirations beyond Twitter and so forth, and how he's uh, reshaping the quote unquote free speech debate. That is something that I would probably touch upon, and there's some funny anecdotes I think I can uh, put on as uh, garnish on the plate around that discussion, but I'm not trying to have an overtly political discussion about the merits of free speech and and whether Elon Musk is good for America, if that makes sense. Before before, uh, nighttime television shows became so political, you had people like Johnny Carson that would allow the politics in, but it was more in a humorous, entertaining way. Yes, today's overtly political arena. That's that's kind of why I avoid uh, talk radio. I mean, not not talk radio, but uh, some of the talk shows on TV because I get tired of hearing negative stuff. And I don't believe that you're alone. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that people are fatigued at the feeling which comes from a lot of media. This is not about whether you're right or left on a political spectrum. It's about how our media makes us feel. And I say media as far as television, radio, commercial, public radio, social media, all of that at the end of the day uh, piles up, for lack of a better phrase. And I think going back to the beginning that there's a space to be more comical, insightful, joyful, and less hateful, honestly. Now, with with your inclusion, uh, let's talk about the lineup itself now at KFI, because I think the fact that you're doing this show, there's also it seems to be a shift in the programming itself because, uh, you know, the politics is being downplayed a lot because Tim Tim Conway Jr. is still on and he's on before you are. So there's a big block of kind of a variety type feel right there. And then you still got John and Ken, right? Who mm-hmm. were they gonna lose be, an hour. They lose an hour. Yeah. And is anybody lost in this uh in this change? Everybody stayed, right? That that was had a show before. You just adjusted the hours. In terms of personalities, there is no change. Now, some people have been talking about, hey, John and Ken, they've gone from four to three hours. Tim Conway Jr. has gone from four to three hours. Bill Handel has gone from four to three hours. Anybody who's listened to talk radio in general, and specifically KFI, knows that most of the shows were originally three hours long, with the exception yes. of Bill Handel's show. Long. Yes. Four hours is a long, it's, it crosses day parts, multiple day parts, and you're asking a lot of hosts in general. I can say this as someone who has done the fill-in work for many years, It makes it's really, really a tough slog. And I'm not going to say what other hosts have told me about doing four hours. I'm just going to say that it's, it's, it's a much better fit for all hosts to do three hours, especially if you're solo. Yeah, I've, I've done some radio, and that fourth hour is sometimes can be a, a tough one. But anyway, you can. And, and programmers know that. That's why a lot of the morning shows, they'll basically do three hours and repeat an hour or two. You know, I, I can drive to the when I used to coach the surf team for the school. I would hear the same bits driving home from the beach as I heard going to the beach, <laughs> and it didn't strike you as odd. 
Oh, I always thought it was kind of a cheap way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's uh, let's talk about the actual times again. We we sort of mentioned it, so it's going to be Bill Handel from six to nine instead of six to ten, right? Correct. And then at uh, nine o'clock, it'll be uh, Gary and Shannon, correct? Yes. And that goes till one, and then one to four will be Ken and John. Yes, or is it, Johnny. or is it, or is it John and Ken? John and Ken. Okay. <laughs> so Gary and Shannon are still four hours, though, right? Yes. Okay. And then uh, Tim Conway comes on early. Now this is where you're going to probably some people are going to tune in tonight and they're going to think, "Where's Tim?" Because you're going to be there, right? I'm sure, and that's inevitable. And you know, with all great respect to Tim Conway Jr., he's going to get some of that. When they say, where's John and Ken at four o'clock and and five o'clock, this is something anyone who's worked in radio knows that listeners are very resistant and hesitant to embrace change. I understand that when I was working at KTLK AM 1150, I came in after they removed a lot of syndicated talent. I I know what is awaiting me from listeners, but I also know, I also know that consistency and talent will bear itself out. It's not about having one good show or even one great show. It's about being consistent. And a lot of people that I've worked for over the years have said it's one thing to be able to do something here or there. But having a daily weekday, weeknight show is about consistency. And it, and it, and whoever is tuning in does not give a damn whether you as the host had a bad day. They're tuning in to forget about their bad day. They don't care if you're having marital problems. They don't care about if there's something going on with you. You have to be professional enough and consistent enough and keep your energy up across those hours, across those days, weeks, and months to be a consummate professional and be able to deliver a consistent product in the way that McDonald's or Burger King or any other establishment may offer a consistent product. They need to know that when they tune in, they're going to get the best of you. Along those lines, uh, doing a, a daily show adds to that consistency because you're there, you're in it five days a week. Whereas before, you were just doing weekends. You were, you, you, I'm sure you you prepped for the weekend, you did the weekends, and then there was that big gap between when you came back on the air again. So, doing a five day a week show builds in some cons- consistency, right? Oh, it's that and even more. There were so many stories. Like, for example, there's a great story that may have broken on a Monday or Tuesday. It's like, oh, wait, I can't wait to hit that. But it becomes stale by Wednesday. Or I was no just going to ask that. Oh, I yeah. There are many times it's like you hope that there's an update to a story so it makes sense to address it on a Saturday. And also, listeners are in a different headspace Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Right. There, there's certain material which is probably not conducive to a talk radio audience on a Saturday night as opposed to maybe a Tuesday night. So all those calculations and variables come into the equation. And there are many nights where you think it's going to be a great show. Then Friday, some breaking news happens and you throw everything out the window because it doesn't make sense or it seems out of place. Yeah. So there's a better flow in a weekly show, I would think, uh, in general because of that. Well, not only that, they're guests that we have to turn down. They're guests that we had opportunities with, big names. And they said, hey, Sozo is available on Tuesday to promote Mm -hmm. this thing, which is debuting on Wednesday night. Can you have them on? Like Stan Lee. We had an opportunity to get Stan Lee, the late, great Stan Lee. But it was one of those situations where we're not on until Saturday. So they had to pass. 
You bring up Stan Lee. I gotta I gotta ask this. And I'm saying this with the greatest respect, Mo. You're kind of a nerdy guy with the Stan Lee stuff and everything. Is there gonna be a lot of nerdy stuff on the show? It will be nerdy in the sense of we will talk about TV and streaming and the technology of entertainment and where that world goes. And of course, there will be guests who may be from a genre of entertainment, which includes superheroes and, and comic books, but awesome. it won't be explicit, explicitly dedicated to that in the way that we did on the Mo Kelly show where we, with Nerdorama. But that will be an, <laughs> a component because you can't talk about entertainment today and not acknowledge the biggest genre in entertainment today. Correct. Correct. Well, Mo, I, we're going to let you go because you got a big day ahead of you. And uh, I got to tell you, we are we are so... So happy that this is happening for you. You're you're one of our favorite radio people in L.A. and uh, this is just great. Before you go, Mo, who is taking your old shot, your old uh, shift? At this point on Saturdays, Tawala Sharp, my producer, Monday through Friday, will be launching his radio show on Saturdays. I believe at this point it's going to be from. 5 to 8 p.m. That hasn't been officially announced. He hasn't officially announced the the name and title for the show. I will leave that to him. There is some new um, programming, which is going to be on weekends, that hasn't quite shaken out. It's got to shake out in the next three or four days. But I will leave that announcement to my program director, Robin Bertolucci. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mo, good luck. And uh, we'll be listening. And uh, hopefully we can... We'll get you on here again and give us updates as to what's going on with the show because, you know, you're our guy. So You have an open invitation to be here. Well, I appreciate you as gentlemen and friends and radio professionals whenever you need me. Great. As always, it was great to have Mo with us on the show, and uh, hopefully he'll be back again. He, hopefully he doesn't get so big that he can't uh, spend yeah, some time with us. That's when. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, we missed two weeks' worth, so this is a big show today. We got Mo Kelly, and then we're going to go quickly over the last two columns. December 30th, you covered the Poor Man Marathon, which went off, as usual, craziness yeah. for the 28 hours that he was on the it's air. It's funny because he says 28 hours, 29 hours, 30, depending on when you talk to him. But if you actually count, if you if you count from when he claims his morning show starts, it actually is 30 hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he's another guy that, you know, he he breaks all the molds of modern day radio. And, and as crazy as he is, it is something different. It is exciting to watch because you never know what's going to happen. And uh, I'm chance to be on the radio for fun. It may be his last one. You think so? Well, he, he told me that he's he uh, has gotten married, and he uh, I guess his wife is worried about his health because staying up for thirty hours isn't very good for you. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's what wives do. So we'll, we'll see see about that now. The other part of the column uh, on the 30th was your predictions yeah, for 2023. Great. So I'm, I'm as anxious as anybody to hear these. Well, the main thing that you're hearing about is the fact that all these uh, royalty payments are coming in for music. Mm. So the, the rumor is that a lot of stations will handle it by playing less music. Each song they play less means less money to pay for the uh, <laughs> royalties. So you might be hearing more talk 
on music stations, you know, more entertaining talk on on music stations, kind of like you might see more afternoon shows like uh, Booker and Stryker and uh, Kevin Sluggo, things like that. You might see an expansion back in morning shows and things like that. I don't know if that's really true because you still have to give people what they want, and most people do want music, but that's one way if they if they go localized and they bring back local personalities, which a lot of companies aren't doing yet, but that's one way to handle it. So it's going to cost them one way or the other. They, they're either going to pay royalty fees or they're going to have to pay for talent. Well, you and I have always talked about how, uh, you know, the music is important, but it's what goes on between the music that makes makes the magic anyway, and there's been less and less of that. So maybe this will be a turnaround in that area. It could be. And something that uh, Dave Beezing brings up an awful lot is I can already get the music that I want to hear on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. So why would I listen to radio if all they're doing is Spotify with commercials? And not as good. Right. Because I've, I've, I've really grabbed onto Spotify over the holidays, and I am, I'm – Completely sold on Spotify personally. If you're a radio guy. If yeah, you're a radio and I'm a guy doing that. Think about the non-radio people that, you know. But I miss what goes on between the records. Yeah. Yeah. We have memories of what it was like. A lot of young people don't, and it's going to take a while to sell it to them, but I think it's imperative for the stations to do that. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully it will actually be a turnaround. Um, I'm hearing rumors about uh, talk, talk programs going on KNX kind of overnight, hmm. but probably either paid programs or one of those things where they get the clearing uh, for Los Angeles. Um, but it's, it's just one of those ways. Uh, it's uh, Odyssey is cheap. They're going to try to make more money, and that's, that is the rumored way that they're going to make more money. The, the AM, FM simulcast, I know I'm going to get a lot of crap for this, but it's, in my opinion, been a bust. The, the ratings are no higher or just barely higher than they were for KNX alone as an AM station. KFI is killing it on AM, so obviously people are still tuning into AM. And they basically lost about a share and a half of ratings by dumping the FM. Mm. So, uh, I still don't see that as a major thing, but... I, I know a lot of people will disagree with me on that one. Um, there's talk of changes at KFI. <laughs> really? Yeah. This was this was before our uh, interview with Mo that you did this column, right? Yeah. And, and it's funny because I almost thought that, yeah, the rumor is maybe things will be delayed because KFI, as we'll talk about in a second, KFI is just doing so gangbusters ratings-wise. But I think that KFI programming is being pretty smart because they're staying relevant. In all the complaints about going back to K-Earth 101, they're changing their music, they're, they're becoming too new, they're doing this, but they're staying relevant. And as we've seen, I still think that political talk is a dying art form, and I think that KFI making the changes that Mo talked about is something that's kind of important for the station to, to long-term stay successful. Yeah, I agree. It's a risk, it's a risk but I, I, I think it's going to be good. It is a risk, but I think I think there's a need for it. And, and again, anybody that's listened to this show knows that you and I have been touting this idea for years and years, and nobody seemed to pick it up. But now it seems like it might be going in that direction. The last time KFI made a big change like this is when Limbaugh left for KEIB and Schlesinger left for uh, Satellite Radio. And if you remember back then, everyone was saying, ah, KFI's dead. No. Nope. Look at him. No. Nope. <laughs> you know, exactly. 
They have pretty smart people writing that station. I think, you know, Robin Bartolucci is, she's someone we need to get on this show. I don't know if she'll come on, but uh, she is a pretty damn good programmer. And um, I, I think that she's seeing the tea leaves as well. Yeah. She's a, she's been a consistent powerhouse in this market and, and always seems to do the right thing. So, yeah, get working on that, Richard. We need to have her on the show. All right. <laughs> All right, the January 6th column, which is this week, uh, you are uh, thinking about buying Radio.com or maybe not? <laughs> no, I, I certainly wouldn't. Uh, if you remember, Radio.com was the streaming clearinghouse for all of the, uh, at the time, uh, Intercom stations. Actually, at the time, CBS stations. That's when it actually started. Right. And Intercom picked it up, and then they dropped it when they changed their name to uh, Oddity or Odyssey or uh, Audacity. What, what's their name again? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah. So that's been sitting there, and for a while it redirected, and then it kind of died. So they, they have it up for sale on GoDaddy. Starting bid, $2.5 million. So not a, not a lot of takers, I'm guessing. Well, I, I'm looking at it this way. It didn't work for them. <laughs> so they're trying to find another sucker to buy it. What would someone do with it? Yeah, and, and radio, the term radio... Even you and I are hedging on that term well, and, and lately. They devalued it. They're yeah. the ones that have been trying to get rid of it. So it's kind of funny that here they are. You know, no one listens to radio anymore. We're going to do all this other stuff. And, and they're trying to sell it for $2.5 million. And uh, it's kind of funny because the, the similar names, you know, radio dot whatever. Yeah. Um, it's been going for like, I don't know, 2500 Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So it's not like it's a, it's a big deal. So I, I, I did tell uh, my columnists or column readers that I will sell uh, SoCalRadioWaves.com for, you know, I don't know, I'll sell for a million and a half. Any, t- any takers yet? yet? Not yet. Okay. Well, it hasn't hit the newspaper yet. It's just been on the Internet. So yeah. once it hits the newspapers, yep. you're going to get all sorts of offers. There's no doubt in my mind. Yep. Okay. You found some interesting programming that I would have never even known about. Well, I've known about it for a long time, but I started listening more, and I kept thinking to myself, you know, you always kind of wonder, what would KHJ sound like if they were playing Top 40 music today? And I realized, wait a minute, there's a KHJ doing that. It's KHJ-FM, KKHJ, actually. They, I think they were KHJ-A for a while when they first went on the air. Uh, it started because there is a guy... Uh, I think his name is Larry Fuss, looking out his window in Mississippi following a big <laughs> storm. And he's thinking to himself, I wonder what it would take to start a radio station on a tropical island. So he did it, and he named it KHJA or whatever, in tribute to the original 93 KHJ, and they, they used the 93.1 FM frequency, which oh. we've all wondered why CBS never did that with their 93. Right. Uh, to me, it's kind of an obvious... But, you know, it's not exactly the same. It's not as high energy. But they basically play the music that you hear on Top 40 stations. They call it adult Top 40. But uh, it's basically what you'd hear on Top 40 stations today. And it's kind of cool hearing modern versions of the jingles. They, they have a news department. They have a morning show. Um, it's, just, it's interesting hearing kind of the Samoan perspective, or Samoan perspective, if you want to say it right, uh, after listening. But it's kind of fun, and uh, I think you should listen. So where is this based again? It's actually in American Samoa. 
Okay, and you can get that online, I assume. Yeah, link is in the column. It's also on TuneIn and all the other various apps. Great, great. Finally, we'll talk a little bit about the ratings. Yep, and remember, this is they call it the December ratings, but it only includes about a week and a half, maybe two weeks max of December because the last four weeks of the year are uh, the, the true December ratings. So it's mostly November. Uh, when did Coast go into, uh, and maybe they actually shifted on the ratings day. Maybe that's why it is showing up. But Coast dominating already, 12.1 share of the audience. It'll probably be a little bit higher this next time. But the reason I brought it up is KFI jumping up to number two in the market. They're tied with K-Earth for second place. It is a 4.7 way down below Coast, but... For an AM station to be number two in the market behind the Christmas music station, in that that shows a lot. And it shows that, hey, you program stuff people want to hear, they'll tune in, whether it's on AM or FM. Yeah, and let's hope that the new changes don't change that. That's right. That is right. I don't think it will. I think... Uh I really think that they've got a solid lineup now, the way they're doing things. And um, we'll have to all wait and see because sometimes you and I are wrong about these things. But uh, I think especially once Tim Conway hits the air, from that point until Mo's off, it's it, it's, it should it, be great. It should be great stuff. And then they still have George Norrie, who has a strong following, has always had a strong following after that. So, yeah, you, that's the heart of the programming to me now. Yeah, and, and it's funny because uh, I, I tuned into Tim Conway last night to hear the announcement. I knew there was an announcement coming. And uh, he I listened after. He told a story about his uh, his trials and tribulations trying to make it on a Christmas trip uh, starting December 22nd, which got delayed and got delayed right. and, got, and eventually got a rental car. He's a good storyteller. And, yes. Um, so I, I think his show, it'll probably reboot it in a sense because he'll have a different audience and he might yeah. approach things differently. Uh, so I think his show will be better. I think Mo is great. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for the for the storytelling yeah. he does. So I'm looking forward to a new type of talk radio. Yeah, my only concern about Tim, of course, is that he was on in the evenings where there's not as much uh, – Traffic, should I say, in terms of elements, uh, traffic reports and commercial loads and things like that. So let's hope it doesn't clog up what Tim does. Right. You're right. You're right about that. That is a problem. But maybe they're figuring out how to work that in, too. Yeah, I'm sure Tim's a smart guy and he will he will he will work with whatever he has to work with. And, and I think I think he'll do good in the mid afternoons. That's drive time now. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yep. All right. I think we've covered it. Boy, did we cover it today. And uh, we will be back again next week for another edition of Radio Waves. Mm-hmm.